0: Coming up on this week's episode of Filmology, we are taking a look at some more obscure films from the independent film world and the horror film world. And we are going to finally talk about the film that is the champion of Filmology Film Madness. All that and more coming up on this week's episode of Filmology. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all
1: go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat.
0: Delicious things to eat. Welcome to the show, everyone. I am uh, John Galerowitz, also known as Johnny G, over at phimologyshow.com. And I am joined again by Mike. Hi. Hi, Mike. How's it, uh, how, how's it going today? Um, I'm, I kind of am losing my voice, so if it goes in and out at different points during the podcast here, I do apologize. Uh, I'm not really sure what's up with that. It could be just my weird schedule, my actual work schedule that I'm not used to. Maybe that's it, I don't know. But, uh, how are you? I'm pretty good. I'm used to
2: my weird sleep schedule now, so I don't have to worry about that in my...
0: I'm doing well. doing well. Let's go with that. that, that, That's good, that's good. So, yeah, once again, coming up in this week's show, we're going to be taking a look at uh, the films *Stagmata*, Francis Ha, and Valley Girl, the new 2020 remake or reimagining of the film. And we are also going to talk about Filmology Film Madness and look at the polls we had up over at FilmologyShow.com. Uh, relating to star wars with last week being may the fourth or not last week being the whole not the whole week being may the fourth but may the fourth was last week so we had uh some star wars pulls up on the site you can always follow us at dot to catch up with uh any new reviews that are coming out or any new stories or any older reviews uh Back to 2013, we have reviews up on the site. We have our older podcasts up there as well. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. It's All Phonology Show. We keep the conversation going there. Uh, Definitely on Instagram and Facebook, the conversation's always going there. Twitter, uh, the last thing that I tweeted about was going to see Shazam. So it's been a while since that has been updated. But that's another story. Yeah. Uh, Mike, do you have anything to talk about here before we get going? I I don't. I'm good. I'm excited. Yeah, today, okay. so. yeah it, should, it should be a good show. It should be a fun one. Uh, so we're going to just kick off everything going here. We're going to look at the first film, which is Stigmata. So here is the trailer for Stigmata.
1: here. Both wounds are identical. The same size, same shape. You think I did this? What's happening in your life, Reiki?
2: It is some sort of attack.
1: Wrists are bandaged. We're investigating this one. Miss Page, I travel around the world investigating miracles. Do you know what the stigmata are? Five wounds: his back scourged by whips, or nails driven through his hands and feet. Only deeply devout people have been afflicted. These wounds. Which church do you attend? I don't go to church. All stigmatics suffer the most intense demonic attacks. I wrote that. It's a form of Aramaic that hasn't been used for nineteen hundred years. Problem is what it says. It was written entirely in the language of Jesus. Written in the first person. There are some in the Vatican who believe that this could destroy the church. You have no idea who you're dealing with. Who are you?
0: When a young woman becomes afflicted by stigmata... A priest is sent to investigate her case, which may have severe ramifications for his faith and for the Catholic Church itself. That is the plot synopsis for the 1990 film Stigmata, starring Patricia Arquette and directed by Rupert Wainwright. Man, this (laughs) was your pick Mike uh, this film was streaming on Amazon Prime video Mike why don't you why don't you talk about this film before I, I get into my thoughts why don't you why, why don't you share your initial reactions to this film I enjoyed it it wasn't perfect by any means um,
2: Patricia Arquette's performance could have been a little better <laughs> um to say at least she did mostly okay but sometimes it was just weird and I don't. Was it the audio weird for you too, or was it just my internet acting weird? It seemed like it was out of sync, uh,
0: sometimes. Like, oh, it, it was definitely out of sync sometimes, and I, I was like, oh, is this some weird trippy thing? I, 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 with a streaming release like that, I can never tell if it's the, the the stream itself. So it's always hard to, hard to take into effect, into yeah. account. Yeah.
2: Besides being out of sync, it was kind of funky sometimes. Like it was. Super compressed or something. It might have just been my internet, like I said. Um, but overall, I enjoyed it. I have a soft spot in my heart for those late '90s, early 2000s, uh, like demonic possession kind of '90s rock movies, kind of like The Crow and like Blade to a certain extent. So I enjoyed it. Like I said, it's not perfect though. Some of the performances are weird. Some of the th- kind of slow down. It's, it's kind of slow at some parts, I guess. And I guess they could have done a better job with some of the effects, but overall, I enjoyed it. It was a fun movie. If you want to just sit back and relax for a little bit and watch a movie about demonic possession and stigmata, and something that kind of questions the relevance of the church, the Catholic church. I enjoyed the message too, The You don't need the organization of the church between you and your God, or whatever you believe in. You can just have a personal relationship with her. That was the main theme of the movie is what I got out of it I take it you love the movie and you're just going to agree with me on every point
0: I, I mean look this is a film that I had never heard of and I could have gone my entire life without actually seeing and I would have been happy this is a film that owes its entire existence to The Exorcist the 1973 film it, it's trying to be that film and there's the, the the opening of the film with its weird title sequence uh the title sequences i thought was directed it looked like something that would have been directed by david fincher so this t- entire film i was just kept going well why i mean in which keep in mind this is 1999 uh you would have had fight club and seven Uh, I believe Fight Club actually well maybe Fight Club was 99 Fight Club was 99 so you would have had seven Before this and I mean seven was a big hit so that could have influenced the editing style of this film and I just I don't like it uh, Patricia Arquette. I'm sorry. She was terrible in this movie. I was just I I Was just actually scrolling I Was just terrible I was just scrolling through her filmography and the only two like performances that I that I like are from Boyhood which is the film which is the film she won the Oscar for and True Romance otherwise she's just been in bad movies I mean it's just oh I take that back. She was inflating with Disaster. I, I also like uh, that movie quite a bit. But, I mean, she's bad here. She's really bad here. I don't think anybody's good here. I don't think this movie's good. I, I mean, I agree with your assessment on the message of the film. I think that's a good message as somebody who... Uh, myself, I am religious, but I don't go... I am religious, but I do not like organized religion by the church. That's just that's that's just always been my thing. I don't like the church. So I get that and I agree with that message. But I just I don't like this film. I'm sorry. I I'm not sorry. It's it's not a good film, guys. Let's just make this plain and simple. If you want a film that talks about most of these same things, um the same concepts of this film. But on a higher level and a more, a more enjoyable, just the the better film making, a better film experience. The Exorcist. I I can't stress that enough. The Exorcist is what this film wants to be. And Mike, have you seen The Exorcist?
2: Yeah, I've seen it a couple times.
0: Yeah, and, and, and didn't you didn't you get that feeling with this film?
2: I mean, the demonic possession part of it. I don't remember... Did you say the opening title sequence that reminds you of The Exorcist? I don't remember the title sequence.
0: No, no, no. No, that no, reminds me of, like, a David Fincher, like, se, like a Seven. Uh, like, just the... the, the, the it just reminds me of, that the, it's... like, the 90s in general. I don't know if it would... Well, maybe just... maybe that's why I think of David Fincher. I think of, you know, Fight Club and Seven, which are big 90s films. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean... I I guess just with the opening of the film taking place elsewhere from where the main storyline is going to take place. I mean that's that's how the exorcist opens. Uh there they're, an archaeologist finds the I, I I can't it's been a while since I've seen it. So they find they find something that unleashes the demon which then finds its way to uh, to Regan through the Ouija board and yada yada yada. But I just, I, I'm, just, I, I, can't get over how bland the film is. I can't get over how there's just better films, and I don't want to be the person who's like, yeah, but what what happens if I haven't seen this film? Would I enjoy the stigmata? And I'm like, no, I wouldn't. I don't. It it was just too over the top for me. I like my films to, especially films like this that deal with uh religious horrors and things like that to be more subtle which is why I like once again the Exorcist or even Rosemary's Baby or to, to a lesser extent the conjuring films but but this one just it doesn't hit any of those great sweet spots for me so I just I'm sorry I'm sorry that if I'm ruining anyone's, memory of this film or appreciation for this film. Obviously you can still like it, but I, I do not. And that's just really it. Mike, do you have any other closing thoughts here before we give our ratings? I I agree that there's like the exorcist is better and everything, but if you do like the nineties
2: style um, and you miss that for some reason, like I do, or I enjoy that, um, I think you'll enjoy the movie though. It's not, I don't think it's terrible. I just don't think it's the best movie.
0: It's in the middle somewhere. I just, I just think at the end of the day, it's forgettable. That's the problem with it. There's nothing here that's going to latch on to your soul and be like, remember me. Something like, even like, you picked the Evil Dead before. Uh, th- that film, with how low budget it is, and how... At, at, times, it's not, at, at, at times it's not really that scary, but it, there's still things in that film that are really memorable. I don't think this film has anything like that, and this film obviously has a higher budget, and it's just—it's it, it, just such a wash of a film that makes me like—I'm not going to give this movie a let it burn because it's not that bad, but I this is the kind of film that I go, well, why did you make it? You're not—you're not doing anything, and I, oh, horror films don't have to do anything. There's a lot of horror films out there. Uh, I mean, Blumhouse releases a ton of horror films that I don't think are good. But then then they do have some that are just phenomenal. Like uh, I mean, Blumhouse was behind Get Out. But for every Get Out, you'll have 10 fantasy islands. So it's just, it's just... They're cheap to make, and people, for some reason, love to go and see them. I wish we would go back and watch the classics instead. So... Here at Filmology, we have a rating system. See it, rent it, skip it, let it burn. All of those are obvious besides let it burn. Let it burn means that the entire production crew behind the movie, from the caterers to the producers, should be put into film purgatory and not be allowed to make a film for a while. My rating for Stigmata is a skip it. There's no reason to see this film go watch the exorcist go watch rosemary's baby go watch the conjuring 1 and 2 all better films than this and i never i mean i, I do of course love some 90s films but that that's never the area that i i mean i, I was just grown up in the 90s i i i was i was just grown up i mean that 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 might be the age difference between you and i Mike is it where i was like in the 2000s the early 2000s that's where you were in the 90s so that just might be a case of an age difference where i don't have nostalgia for that time period but uh, for me it's to skip it uh, for me it's a rented probably because of the nostalgia
2: mostly but i mean especially if you've not seen it before give it a shot you might like it it's not the best movie like you said but i don't think it's terrible i, I don't regret watching it like any movie I say skip it, it's usually one I say that I regret watching it, and I don't regret this one. So rent it. I mean, everyone has time on their hands. It'll be something new experience. Maybe you'll find you like that '80s or '90s aesthetic, which I enjoy. So.
0: And once again, if you do like this film, like if you do rent you you rent it, uh, and you do like it, go watch The Exorcist. Go watch Rosemary's Baby. Go watch those classic horror films that this, that inspired Stigmata. Or if you don't like Stigmata, and I, I still would encourage you to watch those films because they're phenomenal films. Uh, and you can see where this film went wrong. Uh, if you agree or disagree with our thoughts or want to share your thoughts on Stigmata, you can email them to us at filmologyshow at gmail.com. We will get back to you with uh, any comments or questions you have. We can even read your thoughts off in the air if you uh, allow us to. So you just have to make sure you tell us in the email uh, what you would like to do there. We are going to play a clip now from a Star Wars movie. I mean, it was just May the 4th. We're going to play a clip here from the winner of our poll, which was, which Star Wars film is your favorite? We're gonna play the clip, and we'll be right, we'll be right back on the other side to talk about those poll results.
1: Master wouldn't do. I take it General Grievous has been destroyed. Then I must say you're here sooner than expected. In the name of the Galactic Senate of the Republic, you're under arrest, Chancellor. Are you threatening me, Master Jedi? The Senate will decide your fate.
0: I am the Senate. Not yet. It's treason then Okay, so if you couldn't tell The film that you just heard Was not The Empire Strikes Back I am blown away Completely blown away That The Empire Strikes Back Was not the top result From our poll which Star Wars film is your favorite? We only had four films that were not... I mean, all the, all the films, you were able to vote for all of them, but only four films were voted on. Those four films, in the order that they won, were we'll stuck here at the bottom. with With 14% of the vote, you had Star Wars The Last Jedi... Also, with fourteen percent of the vote, you had Star Wars: Return of the Jedi. Going up it's now, little, it's a little surprising. A, a Return of the Jedi. No surprise. I
2: feel like that's people's usually people's least favorite of the original tril- trilogy.
0: I mean, for, for me, it would be the least my least favorite of that original trilogy. I still love Return of the Jedi. I mean. I grew up watching it, so it's, it's 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 kind of hard for me not to like it. I know there are there are problems with it. I think there are slight problems with all of the Star Wars films, some uh, more major than others. But I mean, it's, it's still a great film. I, I love the the uh, the half belt Death Star. It's to me that's more iconic than the actual Death Star from uh, the original nineteen seventy seven film. That just might be because I grew up watching Return of the Jedi more than uh, A New Hope. Coming in in second place with 29% of the vote would be Star Wars The Empire Strikes Back. With 43% of the vote, and this baffles me, is Star Wars Episode 3 Revenge of the Sith. What? What? I'm telling you right now, with forty three percent of the vote, Star Wars episode three, Revenge of the Sith. Did, that what? wasn't that wasn't speaking. That was that's that's what won the poll. Is the audience like twelve years old and that's what they grew up on? Is it Revenge of the Sith. <laughs> I mean look, I grew up on Revenge of the Sith. When Revenge of the Sith came out, I was in seventh grade. And I had convinced the teacher, because we were actually doing a science fiction unit for one of our communication studies classes. And I convinced the teacher that we should go, I mean, not during school, but we would all go after after school if you wanted to, to see the movie in the theater. Because, I mean, at, at that point in time, it was going to be the last Star Wars film that was going to be made. So, very very important deal. It's the last of the prequels. It shows you how Anakin finally becomes Darth Vader. So I have a huge love for Revenge of the Sith. I mean, I saw, I saw the film six times in theaters because I had, I had thought it was going to be the last time I was going to see a Star Wars film in the theater. So it's important to me. But when you're looking at all these other films... I mean, I mean, it's it's the best of the prequels. Oh, yeah. But it doesn't even compare... It, it doesn't compare to The Empire Strikes Back, Return of the Jedi, The Last Jedi, A New Hope, The Force Awakens, uh, Rogue One, The Star Wars Story, Solo. I think that Revenge of the Sith is better than The Rise of Skywalker, but whatever. The thing that really bothers me with Revenge of the Sith, and, and I've said this before and I believe I've said to you, The Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones... They should have been stripped down. Those could have been made into one movie. And Revenge of the Sith has enough plot going on in it. And it is important enough to the saga that it should have been two movies. Anakin's flip to the dark side is so quick and just so impulsive that I, I have a hard time believing it. What are your thoughts here on the poll results, Mike? I'm surprised, like a new hope didn't get any votes at all. Not even one. Yeah, I was surprised with that too. I think most of the votes went to The Empire Strikes Back. As I said, there were some votes there with, I mean, 14% of the vote for Return of the Jedi. I'm happy that The Last Jedi was represented in this poll. I I do think that is one of the better Star Wars films. I didn't personally vote for it. I voted for The Empire Strikes Back. But uh, I am happy to see The Last Jedi here. Uh, For me, it's... I mean, I love A New Hope. My other thing is, I don't think most of the audience who loves A New Hope is our audience, especially when we get to uh, filmology, film Madness later on. I I just I don't think that the audience who saw the film in theaters in nineteen seventy seven is listening to our show. I do think our audience skew's younger. Which is why I think Revenge of the Sith won the ball. And then, I mean. Or you being trolled I, by someone. One of the two. <laughs> I mean, it's,
2: okay, like you said, it's the best of the prequels, but it's, it's nowhere near as good as at least five other ones. <laughs> so, that's a little weird. Eh? I guess. I enjoyed it too. We got I got a test delayed because uh, it came out on Wednesday. I was supposed to have a test on Thursday in my programming class. I was like, hey, I'm not going to be here. And then like half the class raised their hands. Like, yeah, we're going to the midnight show and we're not showing up to class tomorrow. Thought you should know. And the teacher was pissed. She's like, well, you're all going to fail. And then um, when we showed up on Friday, she's like, you can take the test today. I was like, yeah. So I remember that. It was a big thing for me, too. I stayed up and watched all the midnight releases for all the prequels. And even though Attack of the Clones was awful. I mean, yeah, uh, I'm I'm surprised. I was not
0: expecting this at all. I mean, for me, Revenge of the Sith. It was, I mean, it was a huge film in my Star Wars collecting life. Uh that that was one of the, the the, the first times I ever went out toy hunting, uh, at Toys R Us's and, WalMarts and I I don't know if you remember, M and M had all of those different M M's wrappers for the different uh, kinds of chocolate that they had. Uh, it was the first time the Dark dark chocolate was uh, introduced for the Dark Side M&M's. And I, I collected all of those wrappers, and they all told their little story, and it was great. Kind of like uh, the Pepsi cans for uh, The Phantom Menace. Uh, I collected all of those, uh, not all of those, I missed a couple, but had all of those as well for a while until I threw them out. But, uh, with all that being said, uh, for people who are fans of Revenge of the Sith, I highly recommend... The movie novelization Uh, if you like the movie the the novel is a it fleshes out a lot of my issues with the film so just just kind of a heads up if you want if you want to explore that world more uh, the the novelization is phenomenal
2: which i remember weirdly coming out the day before the movie came out and i finished reading the book before i went to see the movie so i knew the plot that was just weird
0: well i mean we all kind of knew the plot A, a side tangent here kind well of really but kind of dealing with Revenge of the Sith the script had leaked online before the movie came out and I remember uh, printing at the school library the entire script and I got in huge trouble because we were supposed to be doing homework or something like that and of course I'm not wasn't doing that I was looking at Star Wars stuff because, I mean, hey, it's a new Star Wars movie coming out. So, yeah, I printed the whole script so I could read the whole thing after the film. And I was like, and I got in huge trouble for that. But.
2: Plus, it was like 150 anyway. pages, probably, wasn't it? I weren't happy about that no, either. I, I,
0: I, uh, no, because no, we kept printing for a while. And they're like, well, people are supposed to be printing the things that they're supposed to be working on. And I'm like, well, we're going to work on Star Wars now. Change the assignment. Um, All right. So, um, the second poll question that we had up. Which sequel trilogy Star Wars film is your favorite? Of course, you had The Last Jedi, The Force Awakens, and The Rise of Skywalker. Every film got a vote. Multiple votes. I mean, n- not a single film got one vote. Each film got at least ten votes. But the r- runaway winner was Mike which which film do you think is the runaway away winner here in the in the poll based off the last one i'd say the last jedi yes with 50% of the vote the last jedi is everyone our listening audience 50% of the vote goes to the last jedi i love that i think that's great the last jedi of course as i we've talked about before we talked about last week i mean it's my favorite of the sequel trilogy and I think I think it's weird that this film all of a sudden is not getting the huge backlash that it was for two years that it really didn't deserve I I think it's finally getting its place as a great film and a great Star Wars film
2: Big Go fandoms, ahead. I feel like, though, because like everyone hated the prequels until the sequels came out, and I was like, "Oh, the prequels weren't that bad." and not everyone, but a large contingent of fans online I feel like, switched over to that. And then I'm sure whatever trilogy comes out next, people will be like, "Oh, I love the sequel trilogy. This one's awful." Uh,
0: I grew. I mean, I grew up with the prequels. I mean, those the, those were my Star Wars films, um, just because those were the the new films that I got to see in the theater. And, I mean, I, I had seen the, the special editions in 1997 in the theater, but I, I didn't remember much of it. So, I mean, I was, I was five years old. So, if you were to ask me, hey, could you remember every little thing that happened? I, I no. I remember, I can definitely remember key aspects of seeing those films in the theater. And, and none of it had to do with, uh, Luke, I'm Your Father. Uh... It had, it had to do with other aspects of uh, The Empire Strikes Back. But it, it, anyway, it's a story for a different time. Uh, coming in second place was Star Wars The Force Awakens with 33% of the vote. And then coming in last place was The Rise of Skywalker with 17% of the vote.
2: I think You're shocked by any... I think 17% of our audience just wants to piss you off, honestly.
0: <laughs> I... I, I I mean, I, I, I could never imagine The rise of, of Skywalker being my favorite film of the, this trilogy. Good for those people who voted for it. I mean, I, I do feel you're in the minority, but I'm not trying to take away your love of Star Wars or your love of the film. I think it's a flawed film, but uh, if you champion it, that's fine. I know people who champion Attack of the Clones, and I think that's a terrible film. Uh, on the same level that I think The Rise of Skywalker is terrible. I think both films have great moments in them, but the films ulti- films as a whole don't work. Once again, if you enjoyed it and you voted for it, good for you. I These polls are for you to voice your opinions. We're not here to say you're wrong because you came in with 17% of the vote. It, it's just where our listening audience trends to. We do the polls for a lot of reasons. We do want to know what you guys are thinking, and then we can also work on future programming. So... that. That's what it does. That's all that it's doing. We now have the next poll question. The last poll question. Which Disney produced Star Wars film is your favorite? You know, you had The Force Awakens, Rogue One, The Last Jedi, Solo, and The Rise of Skywalker. There is only one film that did not receive any votes. And to be honest, we had, when the percentages and everything are taken into effect, a three-way tie for second place. <laughs> but Mike, would you like to take a guess here as to what film did not receive a single vote? Solo. No. Rogue One. No. Uh, the last, Rise of Sky. Yeah, the exactly. Rise of Skywalker did not receive a single vote, so all the, all those people who thought that The Rise of Skywalker was their favorite of the trilogy. They completely swung for Rogue One. Rogue One won with fifty percent of the vote. Well, I can see that Rogue One is a. I really enjoyed it, so I can see that. No, I, I, and I do too. Because I mean. The Rise of Skywalker. Most of it's about this legacy of the Skywalker saga. Uh, the, I mean, the, the whole, the whole thing with Rogue One. I mean, especially the end scene. I mean, most most people when they think of Rogue One, that's the big thing they think about is that scene with Darth Vader. It's iconic. It's it made that whole movie worth it. Even if the movie w- would have been bad up to that point, which it wasn't, it was a great film. But if it was bad and you had that great. Ending Stinger, it would have just made the whole journey worth it. So, as I mentioned, uh, Rogue One, a Star Wars story, won with 50% of the vote. Uh, and from there, it was, I mean, slight differences in the counts, but when how when all the percentages are taken in and grounded for what they need to be, three-way ties for second place. The Force Awakens, The Last Jedi, and Solo, Star Wars story, all ended with 17% of the vote. So I, I think it's interesting that solo Star Wars story... I mean, people did vote for it. I mean, I don't think it's a bad film. Uh, I think it's just... I, I don't know what happened there. I really don't know what happened with why that film... I mean, it didn't bomb at the box office. But I mean... It did opening weekend bomb. But over time, it did go on to make money. Just not the billion dollars that Disney was hoping.
2: And I, I don't know why... I, I said, I think it, I don't know if I said on here before, but I feel like the marketing wasn't as much. Like I didn't really hear anything about it, and I'm like online, and I'm usually in places where I would hear about it.
0: I don't know, like through ads okay. or something. Yeah. Okay, yeah, and since I follow all the movie trades, like uh, Entertainment Weekly, uh, Empire, uh, Vanity Fair, all those things, I I get to hear about. These films and the press for it and everything like that, and I don't. I I think the film's a lot of fun. I would. I really. When this is another one when the film ended, I wanted to know what's going to happen next with these characters. I mean, obviously we know the end journey for ninety nine percent of the characters in the film, but there's that one character who's just out there that we don't know what happens to her. And I think she's an interesting character. I think there's great stories that could be told with her. I don't think that Kira, Kira is ever going to come back now, though. If anyone out there watched the, the Clone Wars and, Re- and Rebels, you know what happens to Darth Maul. Obviously, we all know what happens to Han Solo. But it, I, just, I, I think there was interesting stories to tell. And sadly, we're not going to get them. We could maybe at some point get them in book form... Uh, but that's that's just on a different level than Disney, the actual film, or a Disney Plus show. If they keep doing I, well, maybe. Maybe I. I mean, obviously, The Mandalorian is a phenomenon, but I I can't see. I can't see another show on Disney Plus getting that level of acclaim. I know that pe- people are excited for the Rogue One prequel show. I mean, I'm excited for it. But is and is anybody really that, like, stoked for the Obi-Wan Kenobi TV show? I, I'm super I, excited. I, I, I'm,
2: you are, you are love, super excited? Yeah, I love Ewan McGregor and Obi-Wan Kenobi. No,
0: And I love Ewan McGregor too, but I just... I don't think it's I don't think it's needed. He's it's it's taking place when he's on Tatooine. I'm like, what what can happen? The comics have already tackled this. I don't know what else they can do. And maybe that's just my fault for reading the the comics, but Probably. technically they're canon. So if you want to actually know what's going on in the Star Wars universe, you should be reading the comics. Are they Disney produced comics or whatever? Y- yes, uh, they're they're produced well. They're produced by Marvel, which is owned by Disney. So they're technically approved by the story group but with that being said the ahsoka book uh that came out a few years ago there's contradictions in that book uh between the star wars uh, clone wars finale that just aired so i don't know the the, the story group is it's fluid apparently so they're, they're they're doing what the old eu used to do and the they were supposed to be better. That was their whole point was they were supposed to be better. That's why they genocide all of the now Legends canon because they were like, we can't expect people to know every little thing that's going on and there's so many different things that contradict one another. Well, now there's things that contradict one another in the new uh, the new uh, stories, the new canon. Are they major things or are they... Like, minor things. I mean, they're not major things, but it's just like what, where characters are when certain events are happening. Oh, yeah. So, like, I mean, it's a major event in Star Wars Order 66. Is it hugely significant to Ahsoka? I mean, it would be if you didn't watch Rebels, where you know she comes back.
2: I just remember people sure. getting upset at the prequels because, like, some of the glass exploded when like, a weapon hit it. And they're like, that weapon shouldn't be able to do that. That This glass is special glass. And I'm just like, that's a little too much detail. I'm not really worried about from, like, a like no, I mean, That's, that, that's, for,
0: that's yeah. for the mega fans. I'm I, I just... Really, at the end of the day, if I wanted to try to retcon it and make it work, I could... I don't want to do that. I I just I, I, it, at the end of the day, as long as you were telling a good story, I'm happy.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: It could be yeah. like it could be an Elseworlds story where Star Trek and Star Wars mashed together. I'm like, you know, if it's a good story, who cares? But. That's that. Uh, we are gonna have another poll up on the site. I'm actually working on it. I was hoping to have it ready to go. I do not. But it is going to be tying in with Valley Girls, So just kind of keep that in your back, back in your mind. Um, we will have a new poll up at filmologyshow.com. Uh, if you go into features, go to polls. Uh, that's where that's going to be. I'm not expecting nearly the results that we had for the Star Wars polls. We had, uh, I think, a phenomenal result. A phenomenal voting results with the uh, the amount of people that voted. That doesn't mean of course i agree with the results but i think that's really good that we had a lot of people voting we are going to move on now to another film we are going to move on to francis ha so here is the trailer for francis ha
1: tell me the story of us again we are going to take over the world
0: You'll be this awesome publishing mogul. And you'll be this famous modern dancer.
1: Have you ever done where you play fights? I don't want to. Oh, it's super fun. I don't know when to go. Oh, my God! Stop it! Damn it! Oh, sorry, you have to, like, fight back. Stop it. I said stop! Oh, sorry. I asked you to move in with me, you said no. But I can't. You can, you don't want to.
2: What do you do? Uh, It's
1: kind of hard to explain. Because what you do is complicated? Uh, Because I don't really do
0: it. A New York woman, who really doesn't have an apartment, apprentices for a dance company, Though she's not really a dancer, and throws herself headlong into her dreams even as the possibility of realizing them dwindles. That is the plot synopsis for the 2012 film Francis Ha, directed and written by Noah Baumbach, uh, for me, who directed uh, one of my favorite films of last year, Marriage Story, I believe it was actually my favorite film of last year. And for me, this is a, this is a revisited film. I we I uh, reviewed the film, my first year of working for Ephemology. I actually went and looked at my review, and for the most part, I agree. Ah, uh, Mike, why don't you, did why, 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 why not you go with your thoughts here, really quick? Because I I, 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 might go a little long.
2: I I enjoyed it. Um, it was well written. Uh, all the dialogue was. It was witty, it was entertaining, it kept my attention the entire time. Uh, I don't really have any complaints at all that I can think of right now. Um, I always appreciate, it felt like, uh, it was definitely a coming-of-age story for uh, someone post-college, uh, and I guess I can relate to that even though I'm a little older than she was at the beginning of the movie. Um, overall, I really enjoyed it. I, I don't really have any complaints that I can think of. Not a Not a fan.
0: Um, So, from my original review uh, back in 2013, I had mentioned that I do not understand the black and white cinematography for the film. That's my first aspect. When you're you're using black and white, when you can very easily just use color, there should be reason for that. And since then, I've read other reviews and how... Uh, Noah Baumbach's trying to capture uh, a lot of the French new wave of filmmaking. I still haven't ventured far into that, so I can't comment that much on that. But if you were just a general audience member, I think you'd be questioning, why is this film in black and white? And I still question that uh, right now. I mean, watching it, (laughs) watching the film now, eight years later, I still question that. Uh, in my original review, I had written, uh, talked about how Frances herself is such a uh, dislikable character. There's nothing about her that's really charming. Uh, she's just always out for herself. Even when trying to talk about other people, she always turns the conversation back to herself. And that's not really a character who I want to follow. And it's still not a character I really want to follow. Where I disagree with myself from writing this eight years ago. I apparently thought I was going to be in a much different place as I am right now. I'm basically the same age right now as Francis is in the movie. Now, I'm not bouncing from apartment to apartment to apartment. I do have, I mean, I have my own apartment, my own apartment, but my significant other and I share an apartment together for a lot of things though i am still aimlessly trying to figure out this mess that we call life but the difference i think that i have between frances is frances didn't have the drive to do it she well, i mean the whole stereotype with millennials is that everyone they, they feel millennials feel that everything should be handed to them as a millennial myself. I don't agree with that. But that's a stereotype. And I feel like they're playing on that slightly with this film. But I just. It, it's a short film. It's an hour and uh, 25 minutes. So it's it, it's a breeze to watch. But do I think that. I just. its It still wasn't. An overly engaging film for me. I can tell you the first time I saw it, the film dragged forever. It felt like I was watching a two and a half hour film. Uh, so, adding an extra hour to the running length. That wasn't the case this time. Uh, it did go by pretty quick. Maybe that's because I'm like, oh look, hey, it's Adam Driver. Uh, now, obviously, I have much more an appreciation for Adam Driver. Uh, even Greta Gerwig have more of an, an appreciation for her. Especially when she goes back to Sacramento. I'm like, oh, it's Lady Bird. I mean, this film in many ways also does feel authentic to Noah Bombach and Greta Gerwig. I mean, it feels like they were in situations like this. So they can talk about them with a sense of authenticity. uh, I can't say the word well uh, with, with um, just the, the sense of realism that makes you that should make you more engaged in the story. Once again, it didn't make me engaged, but I can see how it is supposed to do that. I just at the end of the day, the, the, the entire film doesn't sync and connect with me. It's just all the puzzle pieces are there. I can see the picture that the film is trying to make. But I, it just doesn't line up to be, a, 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 um, a beautiful landscaped picture. It just looks like a, a mess of jigsaw puzzles, jigsaw puzzle pieces. So, I just, I, 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 I I'm sorry. I can, you, I mean, can you tell me any reason why? First of all, the film is in black and white, other than, the the, the thing of which I always said in film school with things like this was just the director trying to just show off and be like, hey, look, I'm so high and mighty. I know everything. Um, artistic, artistic douchebaggery was how I put it.
2: I, I, at first, I was like, why is this black and white? And then like five minutes later, I just disregarded it. I wasn't really paying attention, to be honest. What? I was like, it is black and white. It's good. I can't think of a good reason for it. Um, I don't know anything about French, did you say French New Wave style? Yeah, the French New Wave. Yeah, that's uh, the... yeah, not something I'm familiar with offhand. Nothing I can speak with any sort of authority on. But i was just like, okay, it's black and white. I mean, I watch enough black and white movies. Um, no,
0: I, I love black and white movies. As I, I just I'm, just, not, like, I'm not complaining it. about the the film being in black and white. But even, like, Psycho that came out in 1960, I mean, Hitchcock had been shooting films on color at that point. But he wanted to make the... Well, he had two things. He had to hide the blood, and then he wanted to make the film feel more sinister, just more, like... The the tone of the film wouldn't have worked in color. You would have been... for, For Psycho, you would have been laughing at... Norman Bates, uh, dressed in it, dressed as his mother, dressed in the drag there, versus horrified like you are in black and white. This film, there's not, there's, I just can't find a reason why it's shot in black and white. And it, it there are many black and white films that are shot nowadays. Uh, uh, Ida, which uh, we no, not recently, but within the past five years, uh, won best foreign film, uh, best foreign film Oscar. That was shot in black and white. No, that's not a film that I overly adore, but the cinematography is phenomenal. You could take a most of the most of the film you could just take it up and put the the frame in a museum, and it looks like a piece of art. None of this film does that, which to me is so sad because Noah Baumbach, especially with the Meyerowitz stories and Marriage Story, and uh, While We're Young, he has been able to hone in a cinema. Uh, his own style of uh, cinematography and storytelling that I feel is still not showing here. Which is even more puzzling because uh, you have the squid in the world before this that he had shown that talent in. And for some reason, when he takes a step, a more intimate step to certain people. His own style and voice to me gets lost, but the, the once again, I, I know I know that a lot of people love this film in the critical community. I know I'm in the minority, I, I get that. Uh, my, my rating for this film has always been a skip it, and I'm sorry, it is still staying a skip it. I just it doesn't connect for me, and I just, I think there's better films out there. Especially better Nora Bombach films, and better Greta Gerwig films, for that matter. Um, I think she's a phenomenal director and a phenomenal actress. But this this film, it just never, it, it never worked for me then, it still doesn't work for me now. I had, was hoping that the eight years would suddenly would change, and I mean, Obviously, I appreciate the film more now, but it, it's, it still doesn't work for me. Mike, your rating here on Frances Ha. I'm going to say buy it. Um, I, I disagree also that the
2: main character wasn't likable. I think she just, like the th- scene I thought of was like the dinner scene when she kind of like shoves it towards her college experience while everyone else is trying to talk about their career experience or like their life after college. Um, I think she just they're just trying to show that she's unable to relate because she hasn't moved past that kind of spot in her life. Um, like the couch-surfing, uh, apartment-bouncing thing is kind of associated with college life, and she hasn't, five years on, moved on from that. Um, but I, I, I'm going to say buy it. I really enjoyed it. Um, you should definitely go watch it. It, yeah, it, it, sure.
0: it, would, be, it would be a see-it, not a buy-it. buy it I mean, from yeah. sorry. Go buy the phone. I, I just... I, I, I don't know I'm I, I do agree with what you're saying there I just I don't know for, for me then everybody would be unlikable because I mean once you move on past college you, you still have those memories you can still relate and talk about them and those characters who are there they they don't they don't want to talk about it they want to talk about their professional lives which I hate to tell you that, that probably sounds more boring than the actual the college experience yeah, I'm mean, I Part of her growth
2: was her realizing she, uh, or is coming to terms with the fact that she hasn't moved on while everyone else is like her best friends getting married, um, they had the issue with the baby, things like that. And like, she was just, I think the baby thing came up later after she started growing, but that's part of the character's growth, that's part of her journey. I was learning that, so I don't know, that's that's my thoughts at least. Everyone else, knows no, I, she I mean, I, there. I agree with that, but I mean,
0: I, I'm so... I, I this was brought up when uh, actually uh, the other night when uh, I was, was chat with a coworker, and the coworker brought up to me the fact that I had been talking a lot about my high school experiences. Now I hated my high school experience, and I mean I enjoyed my college experience, but I mean it wasn't it wasn't phenomenal. I, I've definitely moved on past it, but I still think that there are memories and stories. I mean as a person in, in, right now, for me, is a person in the art field. I mean, the whole, the, the, arts, the whole thing is storytelling. I think every little thing that you can grasp for stories is great. And just, I don't know. I, I might be looking at this at a very basic level, which is a complete problem with me. It is not a problem with the film. I, I need to state that again. I... I can see where I should be liking the film. It's just not clicking into in place. It's just not there. So if you guys did watch Francis Haught, or if you guys are going to watch it and you want to share your thoughts on the film, please write to us at filmologyshow at gmail.com and we'd love to hear your thoughts on the film. I mean, it, it's a breezy film. It's an hour 25 minutes. Uh, it is streaming on Netflix I think it's also even on Hulu and Amazon Prime. So if you have those, uh, go watch the film and let us know what you think. We are going to play a clip now from another winner. But this winner is the winner of the Filmology Film Madness. We will meet you guys on the other side of that clip to talk about the results of Filmology Film Madness.
1: World governments are in pieces Um, the parts that are still working are trying to take a census and it looks like he did he did exactly what he said he was going to do Thanos wiped out fifty percent of all living creatures where is he now? where? we don't know he just opened a portal and walked through What's wrong with him? He's pissed. He thinks he failed. Which, of course, he did. But, you know, there's a lot of that going around, ain't there? Honestly, until this exact second, I thought you were Build-A-Bear. Maybe I am. We've been hunting Thanos for three weeks now. Deep space scans and satellites, and we got nothing. Tony, you fought him. Who told you that? You're a fighter. No, he wet my face with the planet while the Bleaker Street magician gave away the store. That's what happened. There's no fight. Okay, he said, people. Did he give you any clues, any coordinates, anything? Uh, <laughs> I saw this come a few years back. I had a vision I didn't want to believe it. I thought I was dreaming. Tony, I'm going to need you to focus. And I needed you. As in past tense, that trumps what you need. It's too late, buddy. You know what I need? I need to shave. And I, I believe I remember telling, Tony Tum- is, Tony. Tony. alive and otherwise, that what we needed was a pseudo armor around the world. Remember that? Whether it impacted our precious freedoms or not. That's what we needed. Well, that didn't work out, did it? I said we'd lose. You said, oh, we'll do that together too. And guess what, Cap? We lost, and you weren't there. But that's what we do, right? Our best work after the fact. What are the Avengers? We're the Avengers, not the pre-Vengers. Okay. Right? You made your point. Just sit down, okay? okay? No, no, here's my point. You don't Just sit down. Like, we need Let's you. You're new blood. Come A here. bunch of tired old mules. I got nothing for you, Cap. I got no coordinates, no clues, no strategies, no options.
0: Zero. Zip. Nada. no trust. Liar. All right, so Mike... The film that we had been predicting would win Filmology from film Madness since the beginning has been now officially crowned the winner of Filmology from film Madness. Avengers Endgame has been crowned by our audience to be the best film of the 2010s. I was hoping you were going to say Arrival. Darn it. Oh, oh yeah, it's Arrival. Um... So keep, keep in mind now, Avengers Endgame has went on to beat films like Parasite, Inception, Moonlight, of course, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, Mad Max Fury Road, Ex Machina, Whiplash, The Social Network, Knives Out, Black Panther, Get Out, Little Women, About Time, Zero Dark Thirty, Countless number of great films. When we, when I'm looking here at the audience, how the audience, how our audiences, uh, audiences, how our audience voted the whole tournament. It was going to be a superhero film. There was no way that it wasn't going to be. Because you had superhero films going the entire length of this tournament. There was never a time where. A superhero film wasn't advancing. I mean, for me, the biggest matchup that I was just heartbroken over was Lady Bird versus Deadpool, and of course Deadpool went on, uh, but it, it did eventually lose to Avengers Endgame. But I just, I don't know. I definitely congratulations to uh, Avengers Endgame. You will now be forever known on our site as the best film of the 2010s. Uh, I don't I, I, I Sadly, there's just nothing to, to talk about that's surprising. Uh, it, it's just when you when you look at when you look at the 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 brackets, which the bracket will be up on the site. It's always been up on the site, and will continue to be up on the site. It just it, when you look at it, it, it just had such an easy way, to, such an easy uh, lead-in. It seems uh, a way to to win. I mean, first matchup, it went against gravity. Second matchup, it went against the artist. Third matchup, as I mentioned, Deadpool. Fourth matchup was Guardians of the Galaxy, probably the toughest one. It went up against, and then Arrival. And then to come to where we are now, Spider, uh, Spider-Man Spider Into the Spider-Verse. Now, 25% of the vote did go to Spider-Man into, into the Spider-Verse. I was part of that 25%. I'm not upset whatsoever that Avengers is going on. But, I just... I don't know. I, I'm kind of curious as to what would have happened here if a comic book movie... A comic book... Promed win. Uh, I, I do want to mention because I mentioned for uh, Avengers Endgame, what it had to go up against to get to where it's at. Uh, Spider Man Into the Spider Verse, I feel, had a very challenging path to get to where it where it uh, it came into second place. Basically, uh, it went up. It started in the tournament with going uh, going against Star Wars: The Force Awakens. I think right there, that's a that's a matchup that's hard. It would then go on to go against Moonlight. Where it would obviously win and go against Inception. Another great film. It would win there. It would go on to Challenge Inside Out. Another phenomenal film. And then it would go on to Challenge La La Land. Which would blow away La La Land. To go on to sadly you can get crushed by Avengers uh, Avengers Endgame. But I just I think that the road that Spider-Man had to go on was very tough. and it, it, that's this all comes down to randomization. I didn't give two thoughts as to where each film was being put uh, where each film was going because I know you Mike had mentioned that I had little women and get out uh, going against each other in the first round. That wasn't intentional.
2: I don't think having a different path would have stopped Endgame, though. I think if you were to grab one movie from this last decade and be like, tell me about the decade in one movie, Endgame would be what you'd grab. And it was a fantastic film. So there's really no downside there. I don't think if it went up against any other films, it would have lost. I think it was always going to be
0: Endgame from the beginning. I don't know. I mean, once again, this isn't me saying I just don't don't like Endgame. Obviously, I love Endgame. I mean, I I waited out in line for five plus hours to get the signature of the directors. It's it's a film that's very personal to me because I mean, it's 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 ten years of movie, it's, it's movie storytelling that we have all invested time in. And, and these characters that we have all grown to love and or grown to hate. I think that, that the storytelling going on here in Avengers Endgame is phenomenal. My point has always been though, it's just when I'm looking at it as one specific film. Let's forget all the other films that led up to it. Which film do I think is better? As a standalone, I think that Spider-Verse was better. Obviously the world disagreed with me. Which is fine, but I just, when looking at it that way, I, that's how I feel. Obviously, when you're looking at the box office, I mean, not, nothing will ever be able to beat Avengers Endgame at the, the worldwide box office. Especially with the way the theaters are going right now. I mean, it's gonna take a long time for theaters, for movie going audiences all collectively go to a theater again for an event like that and I don't I don't know I mean I I personally felt when I walked into the theater of uh, the first time I was gonna see Avengers Endgame that this was going to be a special film I, I don't know how Marvel Studios can top the film it, it just felt like the end of an era it felt satisfying was, once again, emotional and moving. And just, even now, just thinking about those portals opening up with uh, Sam Wilson going, on your left, and they just all come out. And, I mean, we all knew they were coming back. But still, having I mean, the those tears of happiness that I had, and that other people were having too. And then... We, we we have that and then we have the fallen war the fallen heroes with Black Widow and uh Tony Stark dying. That that shot that one tracking shot in Avengers Endgame at the funeral. It it it's it's it, it's just what the movies are. It's just about Powerful storytelling, and it's showing you the entire MCU. Everything that's got everything that's led up to the point of Tony dying. It was always going to lead to that. And I don't know. I Mike, your, your thoughts here on Avengers Endgame being the best of the 2010s?
2: Now, like I said earlier, I, it's not surprising, and I think it sums up the decade well. I can see your point that the Spider Man movie might be a better overall standalone film, um, but I don't really think Endgame has any particular flaws besides the fact that it's the end of twenty-two the 23 part series, basically. It's basically a season of TV shows that were two and a half hours long each. So I don't know. I think you wrapped it up really well, honestly. Um, both movies, I would have been fine with both movies winning, and then not not surprised by this poll. Like it was the Star Wars poll, obviously. Um, yeah.
0: yeah, yeah, it was. It wasn't a a complete swing. in, hey, Spider Man into Spider Verse 1 with uh, with that seventy five percent of the vote. I would have been surprised if it did. I once again would be happy, but I would have been just blown away if Spider Man into the Spider Verse one in. Uh, and the game only had 25% of the vote. I, I, I had a lot of fun with this tournament. I mean, it was fun talking about these films of the 2010s. I think next year uh, we'll actually do it in March, and we'll actually have, hopefully, basketball on again at that point and be able to talk about that as, to, to talk about that as well. But um might take a look at... Uh, we have two ideas that we're kind of throwing around. Uh, either just doing the best of the 2000s or a Completely out there topic because Mike, I know you were so upset that about time lost and it, it, it lost in the first round. That's so, really annoying. That's terrible. Terrible. We were talking, we Samantha and I had been talking about doing a best romantic comedy, best romantic comedies of the 2010s. No. There would obviously be some films on here that would, would still be on that list. I mean, Crazy Asians and About Time. But trying to come up with the 62 other films, that's going to be tough. So as of right now, I think it's going to be best of the 2000s. But we, we have a long ways to go until we get to that point. The world could change entirely again. We'll see what happens. We'll see what everyone's thinking when we get closer to that. But if you guys want to share your thoughts here on the Filmology Film Madness, if you want to go look at the bracket, is uh, which film was up against what, where it lost, uh, want to share your thoughts, feel free to do that. Uh, once again, filmology, filmology show at gmail.com. You can email your thoughts to us there. We are going to move on now to the last review, which is just going to be me, me, me for the most part. But that film is the newest release. It is A Valley Girl. So here is the trailer for A Valley Girl.
1: Hey, come on. Just tell me what happened tonight. Zach and I broke up. Oh, my God, sweetie. No, don't, don't, don't do any of that. We just have no idea what I'm going through. You'd be surprised when I'll tell you a story.
2: See the people.
1: You were singing and dancing on a fountain.
2: That's how I remember it. Go, go, music really makes Where should we go now? We go over the hill to Hollywood.
1: Let me get out of here.
2: Where would you want to go? Anywhere. What would you want to do? Anything. These bad news.
0: We don't date guys like that.
2: Maybe that's good for a change. Why are you doing
0: this? Those rich people are gonna hate you. I got a special guest here this evening. There's this fashion college. Where is it? New York City.
1: You're not moving across the country with the guy we've never met. You have this shiny, bright, perfect life. I don't know how to fit into this. Everything my friends thought about you, you just proved them right. Why do you even care what they think?
0: Set to a new wave 80s soundtrack. A pair of young lovers from different backgrounds defy their parents and friends to stay together. A musical adaptation of the 1983 film, This is Valley Girl. Mike... Let's let's, let's just let everybody know. Just due to some circumstances that I kind of wanted to watch the film more than you, you were only able to watch the first... 15 minutes of this film what did you think of the first 15 minutes of *Valley girl
2: i don't know if i had a stroke or something but it seemed kind of disjointed and the singing wasn't bad per se but not really my thing um logan paul i saw i think i think that was him i'm not 100 percent sure i think that was logan paul uh that character what i saw was not good um, the lead actress, I'm forgetting her name right now, the girl from Happy Death Day.
0: Jessica Roth. Did
2: whatever she did, she did what she could with it, I don't know. I, I'm glad you interrupted, to be honest, and took over. I didn't want to spend the next hour and 15 minutes watching the rest of it. Um, yeah, I imagine it, it didn't get much better.
0: I have a nostalgia for the 80s. I wasn't alive in the 80s, but I love the 80s culture from uh, watching, wa- watching it through the, the, this very nostalgic lens of shows like uh, the Goldbergs or uh, the musical Rock of Ages like on stage. And then, of course, the film. Kind of like the film Rock of Ages. This is not a great movie. But I had a great time watching it. I really like this film. Now, you're correct. The The way that it's kind of disjointed at the beginning, you have uh, the mother telling the story to the daughter. I, it's a kind of a weird thing. I, I don't know if that was in the original film. I have not seen the original film starring Nick Cage. Uh, so maybe that's why it's here. I can't speak to that. But... Once, once you're back in the '80s, I mean, it's, it's just a lot of fun. I mean, the the choreography, the singing, the dancing, the, it, everything. It's it's a lot of fun, and I mean that, that that's. I mean, for the most part, that's what you look for. For at least, that's what I look for in a musical is great choreography. I mean, is the singing the best? No, it's not the best, but is it better than? Uh, the that Aladdin film that came out from uh, Disney last year, yes, it's better than that. Uh, it's it, it's just fun. Uh, it's a story that you I mean you know where it's gonna go from the moment it starts. You know where it's gonna go. You might not exactly predict the ending of the film because the ending was. I, I mean the the ending was more true to actual life. I might believe it or not. Than you would be expecting it to be. So that, that, that was a nice. Uh, refreshing thing to see. I. what's I, the, the film's not great. But it's just so much fun. And I can't. I, I can't I, how, how am I supposed to do it. I mean it, it's, the acting's not the greatest. From some of the characters. Jessica Roth is doing a great job. Uh, you just didn't get to see the parts. Where she was being uh, dramatic. And as much crap as I was giving her. For being one of the the friends in La La Land for the, the someone in the crowd scene. Uh, she can sing. She has great screen presence. Uh, the only thing I don't believe though, is that she's a high schooler. Yeah. <laughs> not, not one bit. It was like, Oh, like, you you're, you look like you're in high school. No, like <laughs> some people had a hard time believing she was like a, a, uh, college student in the happy death day films. And I was able to believe that a bit more, um uh, she could be like a senior
2: like a senior like a a fifth year student yeah
0: not an 18 year old by any means yeah she's not no she there's no way that she is an 18 year old uh there's just uh, i'm sorry it's just she's not but she's great i i feel she's great in the film other than that i mean I, i don't know how you can fix that you can't jump the story to they're all in college it just it wouldn't work I think she's great. I think that she should be one of she she, she could be if given the right role on the same level as uh, Emma Stone or Jennifer Lawrence. I think she has the potential to get there with her acting ability. Now, sadly, I mean, with films like I mean, the Happy Death Day, Happy Death Day, and Happy Death Day to You, and Valley Girl. I mean that. She's just not going to get the exposure she should. But, but that's why we do podcasts like this, to try and get people to go see those films and experience uh, the performances being given. Mike, I completely understand why you wouldn't want to watch this movie. If you don't like musicals, if you don't like the 80s, don't bother. You won't like it. But as somebody who does like 80s music, who does love musicals, I had a fun time watching this. I think that the, the rental price for this is the $6. Now, I just I went out and bought it because I was like, well, it's a musical. I'll, I'll probably watch it at some other point down the road. And I will. I'll go back to this. I think this would make a great double feature, as I basically mentioned, with Rock of Ages. And I actually think this is better than Rock of Ages. I, I, apparently, I, we have to talk about the controversy. Controversy with Logan, Logan. Paul, correct?
2: We don't have to. That's not movie related. We don't have to.
0: Okay. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's not related to the film. I didn't even know who he was because I don't follow. I don't follow YouTube stars. I mean, which is, I guess may be odd as somebody who does a podcast that is, goes up on YouTube, but. I don't pay attention to that kind of stuff. I just don't. It's it's not where I wanna put my time and my effort. I'd rather talk about good things in the world and talk about how once again stories are connecting people and uniting us and that's great. Those are great things to talk about. I mean I just I I went back to Valley Girl though. It's a great story. It's a great story about once again, you know, families, they fight. That's shown here. Whether that be the family that you are related to by blood... Or that you have just grown into because you don't have that blood family. I mean, everybody fights. You all have problems. But you gotta find ways to work around that. And find those linchpin moments that you just... Everything all of a sudden just clicks together. Now, I'm not, once again... Making this 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 is a cheesy eighties musical. I, I I had a thought while watching this film, like, uh, kind of going back to Earth Girls Are Easy. And this does everything right to me when that film did everything wrong. It just the, the, I mean, you saw the opening number with the the, the fountain the the at the mall. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's way over the top, but it knows that it's been over the top. And then there's jokes made about that. One thing that I thought was really out of place and not funny and it just didn't work for me was there's a really weird end credits scene. I'm not well, really Scenes during the credits where they're talking about where each character is now. And I'm like, did we really need that? I mean, may- once again, maybe that's in the original film. I don't know. But it, it didn't really fit anything else with this film. It was, it's like an
2: 80s thing that happened quite often with, like, teen movies. I think they do it, like, I after... I think Animal House is, like, the 70s. I think that Animal House is, does it, maybe. Or maybe it was Revenge of the Nerds. Something like that it. I, well, yeah. yeah. It's pretty common for the animal 80s thing. Animal House
0: things. did it. But it, it's just, it. it just doesn't fit the tone of this film. It... If you had cut out the uh, the the sequence where the mom is telling the daughter the story, then I wouldn't be complaining about the where are we now scenes. But since it is bookended by those the, the bonding of the fam- the bonding of the mother and the daughter, it just feels so out of place. It's like, "Hey, we bonded. Now let's go back and talk about the other people again." Instead of hey, let's have this great moment. Let's end on that. It, it just felt out of place. Uh, but if anyone out there does go out to see Valley Girl, I'm giving this movie once again. This is th- th- I understand that I'm gonna get probably get a lot of flack, and a lot of people are gonna be like, "What you gave Frances Ha a skip it, but you're giving you're giving um, Valley Girl a see it." And I am. I just I had a great time with the film. It knows what it's trying to do, and it's succeeding at that. I had a lot of fun, and for a musical like this, that's what you're supposed to have. It's fun. So my rating is see it. If anyone out there does go out and watch Valley Girl, please email your thoughts to show at gmail.com, or even if you've seen the original film, let us know what you think of the film. Uh, I'll, I'm going to try so to watch it again. Had, you convinced they, me.
2: You convinced me to try yeah, to watch okay, it. Again. Yeah,
0: let Yeah, I'm not. I, I'm not saying that it's the best thing ever. I, I, I just think it's fun. I think the the choreography is a lot of fun. Uh, I believe it's the same choreographer who actually did La La Land. And for some of the big, the bigger sequences of the film, uh, you can tell that it's that natural, like professional person who's like done this and done it well, versus some, I don't, something like Anna and the Apocalypse, which is a film that I also like, but it feels a little more amateurish than this film. Uh, there's nothing with uh, the choreography, the musical numbers that feel cheap. So that's another which I really like. But anyway, uh, we are going to move on to talking about next week's show, so next week's show, we now have Filmology Madness taken care of. So, we are going to be replacing that segment of the show with our top fives that we had been doing. With next week, we have another new film coming out, Capone, starring Tom Tom Hardy. Uh, so I think uh, Mike, we're both big fans of Tom Hardy, right?
2: I don't. I do say a big fan. I enjoy. It. I enjoy him.
0: I enjoyed okay. some of that. Well. I'm a big yeah. fan. I, I'm a big fan of Tom Hardy, So, we're going to take a look at that. Uh, the top five is going to be top five gangster movies, tying into, uh, of course, Capone. And uh, we are going to have our streaming picks, again, as we have done it all, what, since, this, since theaters have shut down. So, the streaming films have to be on either Amazon Prime Video, Hulu, or Netflix. Uh, Mike, I know you were trying to do Disney Plus at one point in time. You can if you so choose. I feel like enough people do have access to Disney Plus. But uh, I, I, I'd rather keep to those three. Uh, do you want to go with your streaming pick, or should I go with mine? Sure. Uh,
2: Hulu still won't let me in, so I feel like more people might have access to Disney Plus than Hulu. Um, but um, my first my pick... Um is Blood Sport. it's on Netflix and Amazon so you can, either one of those will get you access to
0: it my film is streaming on Hulu it is a film that I have seen it is a film that actually came out this year but I feel the film needs more love it needs to be talked about more and I was I was super excited when I was looking and uh, earlier today And I saw that the film is streaming on Hulu. That film is The Lodge. We're going to be talking about it. It's... Right now, we're recording. It is my favorite film of the year. And I don't know of anybody else who's seen the film. So, I think we need to talk about it. I think we need to discuss whether this does deserve to be my favorite film of the year. Or if I'm just a a morbid person. Who knows? Uh, So, we're going to be doing that. Once again... You can also go over to FilmologyShow.com. We're going to have a poll up there. That will be up by the time you're listening to this. That is going to do going to be tied into Valley Girl. Uh, if I can find enough films, I'm really tempted to do... What is your fav- favorite 80s musical? No. Those, the, the, those are films that came out in the 80s. That are musicals. We'll see what happens there. As always any comments, questions, concerns, you can email them to uh, show at gmail.com. We will get back to you at our earliest uh, opportunity and we can read them on the air if you uh, tell us that's what you would like to have done. You can find us at Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all Show Website, of course, showcom It's where our podcast here is hosted. It's where all of our reviews are. And, I mean, so, I mean, you guys are checking out the site, and I thank you very much for that. A lot of work has been put into that site, and a lot of work will continue to go into that site. Uh, so, I do thank everybody for taking a look at that. Mike, any closing thoughts here before we wrap up the show? Yeah,
2: no, I'm good this week.
0: You're good this week? All right, so that's going to do it, and enjoy your weekend film. Bye. <laughs> Let's all go to the lobby.
1: Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Delicious things to eat. The popcorn can't be beat. The sparkling drinks are just dandy. The